Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program on this Wednesday morning. A possible shower and 25 degrees is the forecast today for Sydney, right across, in fact. Uh, wherever you've joined us on SEN, 11.70am here in Sydney on the app, 0457736736 is my text number. Fire them in. Let's get the conversation going. A 1300-01-1170, my open line number. A special guest this morning joining me will be Joe Schmidt. The new Wallabies coach doesn't actually officially take over until the 1st of March, but has already been doing a heck of a lot of work. And we will speak to him in New Zealand. Then he'll be jumping on a plane and coming out here to go along to some pre-season matches and speak to Super Rugby coaches. So quite a bit to tick off as you could expect with Joe Schmidt, including his expectations and yours after the failed Eddie era, which is behind us now. And we've consistently said that rugby union, especially at the highest level in this game, needs to swing around at some time. Well, that time is here. I think you'll hear a lot about accountability from Joe Schmidt. He's an intense character by all reports, but intense on the field and quite amenable off the field. Um, his message to fans will be around effort. There's no doubt about that because that's what he bases a lot of his philosophy on. But I'd also like to know what do you want to see from the new look Wallabies? The Wallabies that will go out against Wales and then, of course, start to build to the big one, which is the British and Irish Lions Tour in 2025. Now, remember, he's not signed until the World Cup. The deal only goes to that British and Irish Lions tour. So we're, we're out of that four-year hope cycle. So let's just narrow it down. We know the dramas that Australian rugby has had, and we know the dramas and pressures and challenges, I reckon, that they're going to have. But when it comes to the time that the Wallabies run out on the field, what do you want to see from them? Let me know that this morning, and stay tuned as we catch up with the brand-new Wallabies coach, Joe Schmidt. Also joining us... A man with many roles in rugby league, but a lot of respect, obviously, in the game. Frank Panisi, the Melbourne Storm general manager of football. Also now the New South Wales Blues team performance manager called a little rat by Storm and Queensland star Cam Munster. A spy. What does he take back in? So we'll catch up with Frank. It's always good to chat with him on both fronts. How the Storm, how they're travelling, the Craig Bellamy question. We all know what's happening at the Storm. But then there's the New South Wales side under Madge and Frank entering this arena for the first time and what he will bring to it. We'll head up north to the Newcastle area and one of the finest reporters up there, Barry Tui, who's been around a long time, knows everything inside and out in the world of the Knights in particular. We brought you the news yesterday on Adam O'Brien's reported new deal with the Newcastle Knights. I'll dig into the details and we'll catch up with Barry to see what else is happening up there. And Angus Glover from the Sydney Kings will join us this morning as well. So the Kings have the Hawks this Sunday. It's their last home match for the regular season. Now, folks, did you check out the cricket? Did you catch it? Were you interested in it? We spoke at length yesterday about the ODI series, this one in particular, and its place on the cricket calendar. I've got to tell you what unfolded last night at Monica Oval didn't help the cause, unfortunately. And you know my feelings about one day international cricket. I love it. I still get it. I think they can tweak it. I know that it's very difficult to do that. And Australia can only play who's in front of them. 
And what they did was demolish the team in front of them who were embarrassing at times yesterday. The West Indies all out for 86. 24.1 overs. Xavier Bartlett, the star again with four for 21. What we're doing here is unearthing these superstars, you'd have to say, of the future in Xavier Bartlett and, of course, Jake Fraser-McGurk. So the 18 balls that Jake Fraser-McGurk faced, I, I don't know how much the tickets were last night, but at least if I got that, I would feel like I got some value for money. That was one of the key parts that I saw yesterday as I was in and out, but I sat down and managed to watch his whole thing. And in fact, I said to my wife, just come and have a look at this guy because he's something special. And he delivered. So Australia end up two for 87 in 6.5 overs. The whole thing's done and dusted. The day-night match didn't even go into the night. So the records are Australia's fastest ODI run chase in history, which passes their previous mark of 7.5 overs against the USA back in 2004. The Windies lost 6 for 15. It's their second lowest score ever in one day as against Australia. It's the Aussies' 12th ODI win in a row. Now, their record is 21. But here are the damning numbers out of all of this. Because that whole thing last night, yesterday, was over in 186 balls. That's 54 balls less than a full T20 match. So if a T20 rolled out there yesterday, we're talking 54 balls less than the 240 balls it would have taken to complete a T20 match. And you know how many balls were left on the table? 259. They could have played an entire T20 match after it and still had room to spare. They're the damning numbers, especially if you're paying for a ticket to go there, a subscription, all of that stuff. We talk about ball in play, value for money, bang for buck, everything like that. None of it came the way of the Australian cricket fan last night, aside from, I dare say, a great performance by Australia in the field. There were some good runouts, but the Windies were all over the shop. Great bowling by Xavier Bartlett and some crack hitting from Jake Fraser-McGurk. And I was sitting there going, well, what else could you do? Yesterday, we posed the question, what else could you do to make ODIs more appealing? What else would you want if you're sitting there yesterday at Monica Oval? Would you want the Aussies to... You know what I would have liked? Send Jake Fraser-McGurk back out there and let's do a six-hitting competition. Let's take a bag of balls out there, for instance, and hit them into the crowd. And as so many people have said to me on this program, maybe cricket could hand over the ball once it goes into the crowd. Let's do some sort of all-stars game. Something to keep them going. Because unfortunately, it didn't even go half the distance. A real bummer, i got to say, at the wrong time for international ODI or one-day international cricket. Meanwhile, Ricky Ponding has locked uh, himself in to coach the Washington Freedom in the Major League 2020 competition in the USA. That's later this year. He'll take over from Greg Shippard, who's a good close mate of his. And now Steve Smith and Travis Head have been mentioned as signings for the Freedom. What does it mean? It means that there's some heavy-hitting star power now going to an American T20 League. The franchise leagues just keep popping up and popping up. I spoke to Ricky on this program just a handful of days ago and asked him about that. Here's what he had to say a week ago. 
Yeah, there have been some discussions. We're not there yet. I mean, I've, I, haven't, I haven't committed to anything just yet. So I've had some initial discussions. Um, you know, the time of the year sort of fits in okay for me, but I've got a really hectic off-season again. Well, when I say off-season, there's no... <laughs> No such thing as an off-season for, for cricketers anymore. I mean, I've, I've finished now. I've got a, a few weeks now for the IPL. The IPL sort of rolls into the T20 World Cup and then MLC is immediately after the, the T20 World Cup. So it's yeah. a, potentially another another big year of, uh, of time away if I want it. So they're the things I've just sort of, um, worked through, you know, from if I'm actually going to be commentating the T20 World Cup or not. And then, you know, if, if I'm not doing that, you know, where does MLC fit in? But... You know, I love I love the coaching side of it. I think everyone knows that I've really enjoyed the time that I've had at the IPL over the last six or seven years, and I've I've been able to help out around the Aussie team on a couple of tours. You know, when Justin was coach, so um, you know the game's in my blood, and I love working with the best players in the world and trying to find a way to make them better and, and winning some games along the way. Where does MLC fit? Major League Cricket fit? That was the question that Ricky sort of threw up there. Well, we know now because he is locked in. So we got a, a little taste of what he was thinking, but he loves coaching. And it's an eye, again, to franchise cricket. Perhaps that's the kind of stuff that will eventually, as we know, squeeze out ODIs. Steve's on the line. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy uh, has given us a call this morning on the one-dayers. G'day, Steve. G'day, Matty. How are you travelling? Excellent, mate. Excellent. What did you think from yesterday? Um, besides, besides Joe Public getting gypped, I think the biggest person that got gypped is the bloke that runs... The food stall's there. There's probably 10,000 pies going to get thrown out because there was no one there to eat dinner because they're all gone. But why couldn't they Why couldn't they do a T20? Like, I, you know I'm a small businessman. But for that amount of food that now can't get used because there's probably nothing on in Canberra for the next week or so, the chips are defrosted, the pies are defrosted, um, it's just a huge waste. They, they could have put a, a T20 on or something, surely. Well, I mean, they could have. Yeah, look, I, I'm not going to point any fingers here at, at the, the blame of, you know, the Australian Cricket Australia or anything like that. It's more a reflection, don't you reckon, Steve, on where ODIs are at and probably more a reflection on where the Windies are at. They've had, they've had signs of, you know, fight throughout this Australian summer but when something like that happens at, a, at exactly the same time that everyone's talking about the Windies, everyone's talking about ODIs and where they sit, it's, it's the worst possible timing. I mean, you can't sit around, perhaps you can, tell me if I'm wrong, because it's very hard to sit around, I'm saying, if you're Cricket Australia and go, okay, what happens if this finishes early? I mean, w- would, you, would you count on the thing finishing after 186 balls? Would you count on the thing having enough time after it to play a full T20? Not sure. Well, I think, that, uh, to, to me, the answer is simple. And in the playing conditions or whatever, the agreement before the team comes out, you just have a, you just have an inbuilt contingency that if this does happen, and there's every chance it can happen on any day, Australia might have been rolled for 86. It was a wet track, you know. Um, that you have to go out and you have to give something to the people that are paying their money. Put a T20 on, do something. I don't know that it's that hard to roll into, like, the agenda. Yeah. All right. Well, contingency, you might have to think about it more and more um, as the Windies try and get back up on their feet. Good on you, Steve. Thank you for that. John in Harrington Park with your thoughts on the ODI yesterday. Go for it, John. You're on. Oh, sorry, good day, mate. How are you going? 
You'd probably blame Steve Smith in a way. He, he won the toss and then elects to bowl. If he bats first, he goes for <laughs> at least a minute and 50 overs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you, you know, you've got to play. You can only play what's in front of you, right? That That's that's it in a nutshell. So I'm wondering now, again, I, I think it's very hard to point the finger of blame here at anyone in particular because things happen like this in sport. I mean, I was at the SCG, was it last year when the Thunder were bowled out for 15? I mean, it was it was all over in a flash. It was a catastrophe. So uh, I just don't know how you can bank for this. But when you look at it in terms of what's happening around the discussion of the Windies and One Day Internationals in particular, you know, it's an absolute kick in the guts to the game at the wrong time. It will lead to the kind of discussion that we're having this morning, which is where do, o do, where do ODIs again sit in the cricket landscape? And and perhaps they are what they are, but I just wonder if you now need to start thinking outside of the square, especially when things like that happened last night. Yeah, probably true. Matt, that's another reason why I don't subscribe to the, the boxes. Because you never fight the Tabor in the first round. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, I mean, people people dig that as well, don't they? That's the interesting thing. Thank you, John. Got a run. Appreciate your call. Give us a buzz. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Happy to continue that discussion this morning. But the fact of the matter is that the Australians wiped the floor with the West Indies last night, which is great. That's exactly what we want. We want to see dominant Australian performances. We want to see them win. Um, they put all their effort into it. We'll never, ever take away the effort of an Australian player who is in search of victory. And they ticked all of those boxes. For the game, it's a different argument. There were 259 balls left out there, which is more than a T20 match in its entirety. A lot of rugby league for us to talk about. We'll get to that soon. Also, I want to mention this morning where we're at with the supercars situation. I know I've got a lot of supercars listeners and we've been touching on the fact that Brody Kostecki won't be driving in the opening round of the Supercars Championship. And he's the defending champ after a, a split with Erebus Motorsport or a drama at the moment with Erebus Motorsport. I'll tell you this. He's not going back to Erebus. It, it won't be happening. And I'll also tell you this, that Supercars are trying to manage this as best as they can. And I guess that's their responsibility as the governing body of this championship, but this is a team issue. This is a driver who does not want to be at that team. He's still got a contract, and as far as I can understand, this driver does not want to be at that team anymore. Where this will end up, maybe in the courts. Can they work it out? Highly unlikely. And unfortunately, the problem now lands in the lap of supercars itself and CEO Shane Howard has released an open letter to supercars, the supercars community and goes on to say there's been commentary on this matter. Some of it's been disappointing. We urge everyone to approach this situation with understanding and empathy and patience it deserves. But then Shane says the circumstances at hand are ultimately a matter between the owners and management of Erebus Motorsport and their contracted driver Brody Kostecki. He's contracted to turn up and drive the car this year. He doesn't want to do it. It's as simple as that. The reasons are between driver and team. And they can massage it and try and manage it all they like. 
But the biggest thing, as I've constantly said, is that the championship's going to start without the defending champion in it. And there's a very big chance the defending champ won't be on the grid at all in 2024. So that's where it's at. Where it goes to, nobody knows. But I'd be tipping legally um, is probably the biggest direction that it's headed right now. It's up to supercars maybe to step in, perhaps, and get a bit iron-fisted on this one and say, you guys need to sort this out big time. And I know that there's been a bit of that going on behind the scenes, but that's where it's at at the moment. 0457 736 736 is my text line. 1300 1170 is my open line. We're just scratching the surface this morning on the issues of world sport. We'll get to your calls, your texts after this. And don't forget, my special guest today, Joe Schmidt, the incoming Wallabies coach, joining us right here on the Morning Pro Program.